0: This is Gilbert Godfrey, and you're listening to the Cigar Tipsters Podcast.
1: This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast.
2: Is the Cigar Tipsers podcast. It is a slightly light crew here tonight. Junior, Senior, and Jerry are with you. Uh, ben is on vacation. Uh sitting on a beach drinking a beer. Last I heard about 20 minutes ago. So uh he will be back with us uh on the next show when we do
1: this. Think but, you think we'll get a postcard? No. <laughs> um, <clears throat>
2: i could have lied and said maybe but what's, yeah what's right. the point? i
1: know i know what you're doing
2: <laughs> but uh right. yeah we'll, we'll hold down the fort for uh for one run here i'm sure we can
1: well, that, uh,
0: that sounds like the perfect remote location to do a podcast from i mean sitting on a beach with a beer and a cigar hey well, that sounds me- like the life I mean, that he said work. he was
2: afraid. Uh, he was afraid he'd be too inebriated. But that <laughs> seemed fun to me. I mean, get you to spill Brian, all your Brian, secrets on the show.
1: What well, grind my gears could be really interesting in that situation. Yeah. Uh, it either be well, no, I going to go there. Never mind. Uh,
2: so, anybody? Uh, I've been on this kick lately with uh, diesel cigars. Uh, I know they're AJ Fernandez is sort of online. Um, option for those uh, who frequent the online cigar sales. But man, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't found one of them I don't like yet. Uh, the Diesel Unlimited has been a favorite. I tried it in several sizes the Lancero, the Robusto, as well. Yeah, you know, those are really good. Um, but, you know, it's become kind of a staple of the Humidor because it's reasonably priced and pretty easy to get my hands on um except on i told senior this earlier today the the cigar did people have been on there running the prices up so i gotta quit talking about it so they'll go find <laughs> something else to do so i can get some cigars again but the point i'm trying to get to is you know that, that's something that, that's been pretty new to me uh, senior gave me a Christoph shade grown cigar that's also fantastic um, and that's kind of been the new stuff that i've had my hands on lately but to, to both of you have you had anything new uh, since we last spoke or anything that just has become your go-to.
1: Senior?
0: Well, I won't say new, but um, when I hadn't smoked in a while, and it was given to me by Junior, was uh, Undercrown. And um uh, matter of fact, I just finished that a little bit ago. And it it was an excellent smoke. And it's you know, it's funny, there's so many good cigars out there that, you forget to come back to some of the, the old favorites. True. Sometimes True. I picked up a, uh, uh, San Latino, uh, here the other day and uh, it was really good. Oh yeah. But other than that, it's still the, you know, kind of the same routine I've been in.
1: We, we know kind of going against the grain tonight, because I know we're going to be spending some time talking about ultra premium cigars here in a few minutes. Actually, uh, I'm, I've, constantly in search for a good bundle cigar because this this is expensive habit, you know, and sometimes it's nice to be able to find something where the price quite isn't quite so steep. And frankly, one of what I've run across is the E bundle from Espinosa. Uh very comes in a Connecticut shade or a Habano. I tried the Habano and uh, I tell you what, you would think it's an eight or nine dollar smoke if you didn't know better. It's very good.
2: Yeah, I've kind of been in that same uh, mindset lately of uh trying to find something reasonably priced. I ordered some Drew Estate factory smokes that should be here on Monday.
1: Okay, but, yeah, I tried I tried those. I, I they're they're good too, not bad at
2: all. Yeah, because like I with this whole pandemic and not, not going as many places, I find myself smoking quite a bit more. And and you're yeah. right, it, it gets expensive quickly, especially when you're smoking sometimes two or three ten dollar cigars a day.
1: Absolutely. Well, I understand that, that those uh, factory smokes uh, in the Maduro are supposed to have the same wrapper as the, uh, the rest of the Maduro lines.
2: Yeah, it, it seems like they're uh, taking a lot of their, their good tobacco that they're already using it and just repurposing yeah. some of it.
1: Um, yeah, Well, it's nice to know that. It seems like that are available. Right? But anyway, yeah, yeah, I've been the, really impressed with the E-bundle from Espinosa.
2: Yeah, I'll have to look that one up. What's the price point on that?
1: Uh, I think I bought a box of 20, or excuse me, a bundle of 20 for 50 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, not at all.
2: And, you, so know, you said you
1: had the
0: uh, factory smokes. Did you smoke the Maduro in that, Jerry?
1: Um, no, I think we got the Connecticut's, I believe, because Darlene Warren, my wife smokes too, yeah. for those of you who don't know about that. Uh, she smoked too. I think we've got Connecticut, and they were, they were do cigars.
0: Yeah, I like the – they've got a Connecticut, and they've also got a Blue Banded uh, the, uh, Habano, I believe it is. Yeah. Now, that one's good. Yeah. But now, the Maduro, I didn't really care as much for it. Is that That's right? why I was curious if you had had it.
1: Yeah. No, no, I can't say that. I tried it. And, you
2: know, times being where we are, and I mentioned it once already, the, the pandemic and the, the situ- situation that we're in, but uh, I came across an article on Cigar Aficionado the other day of, you know, how this is affecting, you know, the cigar rollers in the factories yeah. in Nicaragua and the Dominican. And, you know, looking at this article, you know, they would usually have a huge room, you know, two people to a table, you know, just constantly rolling cigars. And they've had to essentially cut that in half in most places. You know, two people to do a table is now one. The tables are spaced further apart, so there may be less tables than they had before. So they're still producing cigars, but you kind of believe that that inventory might get a little tight somewhere down the road if this um, keeps going at the pace that it's going.
1: Well, I think, honestly, it may be already happening because if you read the companion art there, the cigar retailer's uh, survey form, uh, 51.79% of retailers said they're now having uh, delays in, in supplies.
2: Wow. And, the, and, and this yeah. is hitting some of the, even the really big guys, like, you know, Fuente. He, you know, everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's far away from each other. They take the right. temperature every day. You know, um, you know, nobody, and it just goes to show a situation like this. No, no industry is not affected.
1: Yeah, did you did you notice too it was kind of interesting Cuba deemed cigars as being essential and that they never did close down.
2: In in Cuba, I can't say that surprises me a whole lot, but yeah, I think and we saw it here in America too. You know, there were probably a lot of things deemed quote unquote essential that may or may not have been actually essential. Now don't get me wrong, in my opinion, cigars aren't very much essential. I, I hear you. As are the <laughs> As are the cigar right. shops. Uh, I know Senior had some issues uh, finding some shops out there during the worst of it.
1: Well, actually, yeah. what, I, what I was reading, it says that in July, the situation's actually gotten worse it was early on, but I guess it where it makes sense. They probably hadn't the been to fall back on. The yeah, I have a feeling
2: they're, um, you know, I'm sure they had some reserves built up and I have a feeling they're they're digging into those reserves at this point. Yeah, I expect probably quite, quite quickly. And really, with the nature of how the the pandemic is playing out, you know, we're we're in a situation where they're probably going to have more trouble as winter comes around. You know, because it's supposedly the virus uh, is a lot more apt yeah. to multiply in the cold. So,
1: yeah, sure This could be an That'd ugly be time cool. for us. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, senior? Have you had any trouble finding cigars?
0: Yeah, well, it's gotten a little better right now as they've kind of eased things up, but when they had, uh, you know, pretty much shut everything down, uh, the shops weren't considered essential, so they were having to close. Yeah. Um, One in Memphis did get around that by, you basically walk up to the door, tell the person what you want, they go get cigars, come back, ring you up, and then, you know, you're never actually inside the store. So that's... That helped. And, you know, being that I run pretty much the same route daily, it uh, makes it a little easier on me. I can imagine, you know, being out over the road and trying to find them right now would be tough.
1: Yeah, right. Well, Southern Ohio, most of the, uh, the cigar shops around here that had lounges, of course, they shut down. And they were doing curbside service. And I, you well, know, I yeah. just got them through. They survived.
2: Yeah, I saw uh, Mark Hall. Uh, is it, uh, it Right Puff? Is that the name of that shop?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. That he
2: runs. Yeah, I saw he was doing curbside there for uh, quite a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, people not having to enter the shop, but still being able to you know place an order and get their cigars, which, you know, in this situation, you got to do what you got to do to stay in business. So can't yeah. blame him
1: for that. It's kind of but interesting. Yeah. You know, in that same survey, 41%, I believe, of the cigar retailers said that their business actually improved. Yeah, I think I
2: think it's kind of what you've seen with a lot of businesses out there that people are going out there and they're saying, "Okay, you know what? You know these local businesses are going to have a hell of a time surviving this if we don't support them." So, you know, it's the yeah, same thing with yeah. the local restaurants and the mom and pop stores and stuff like that. People are going out of their way in a lot of cases to, you know, support those guys. And you know, I think most of us have a shop that we're fond of that yeah if if i can support that shop you know a little bit yeah I I have to do so
1: there are four around here that, are, that i'm fortunate that i have four shops within a decent driving distance from here that i really like i like the people who run the shops and they carry good supplies and i think they've all managed to survive with a, the curbside service
2: yeah and it's definitely good so it'll be interesting to see as, as the year goes on uh you know, what might potentially close down, what uh, supply constraints might be out there uh, as this crazy ride continues. But, you know, from not so great news to fairly decent news, um, courts have struck down uh, the FDA warning label. Yeah. uh, Set up they were wanting to bring out basically a trio of judges on the U.S. Court of Appeals. Uh, They ruled unanimously that no, these warning labels are not going to happen. Basically, saying that it violates the First Amendment right of these companies uh, to have to put these uh, giant labels on their cigars, and they basically said it smacks of basic unfairness. And we haven't won the cigar industry. I think we, the cigar industry, hasn't won very many battles in this weird FDA thing that's been happening since what 2016 or something like that. Yeah so it's nice to see a court
1: finally show sense and say hey this this is stupid this doesn't make sense it's really because, nice to see a court actually defending the first amendment too yeah <laughs> for a change um, yeah exactly. you know it, we've lost, and i've
2: said this on the show before and you have got these organizations like the taa and the cra and all these these groups that are supposedly lobbying washington and for so long I haven't seen anything come of it and this is the first decent win we've had in some time uh, yeah it, basically, it is
1: significant it is uh it, it would really put a load on the cigar the, the, the manufacturers you know i was telling people in 2016 in two years your favorite cigar brand is going to be awarded
2: yeah you know that yeah. when those fda regulations first came out you know the industry panicked or at least the the boutique industry did yeah at that point you're sitting there saying okay you know boutique cigars are essentially small businesses in in many ways in every way really so you know a lot of them sold out to the bigger companies because they didn't know if they were going to have a shot yeah exactly
1: Yeah. yeah i i have i personally have probably four or five friends who had small boutique plans just pretty much hung it up at glenn that time
2: and uh current well at least through november the executive director of the cra glenn and Loop, um, he said this pronouncement by the court ratifies what courts and members of congress have been saying for years a reflexive unstudied one-size-fits-all approach to regulation simply doesn't work For all too long, that has been the approach of the agency and the courts continuously tell them that they're doing it wrong. And I agree with him. You know, they they tried to do vapes and cigarettes and chewing tobacco and cigars all lumped into one when they're really nothing alike. Yeah, absolutely. Technically, they're, they're using tobacco, but that's about all they have in common.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, and a nice part about that too, I did read in that same article say it probably won't go any higher up in the court system because that was a, a unanimous verdict from three judges. That's nice.
2: Yeah, I think that would that would be, in my eyes at least, pretty hard to overturn. Or you'd have to That's have okay. a really, really darn good reason for doing it. So you're yeah, awfully understand.
1: quiet there. I'm sorry. I told senior he's being awful quiet.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to be nice today.
1: Just jump in here, buddy.
0: <laughs> no, nah, y'all putting out some good information. I'm learning stuff.
2: Well, <laughs> ben, Wait, ben, ben is the talker, so I'm having to. Um, I'm having, to, having to, to fill in some fill
1: in, in his absence, uh, you know, it would be a good time for you to grind your gear, Senior. Everything. would be everything.
0: <laughs> I, it, nothing that would be uh, cigar-related, so I won't get on that soapbox tonight. <laughs> now, now, since Ben is not here, I mean, by old customs of the show, when somebody wasn't there, they got
1: talked about, you know? So Well, I just I started the ball rolling right there, so have that on, boys. We, we
0: can talk about it.
2: Well, I mean, he is a horrible person. I mean,
1: you know,
0: I. Mean, am I but whatever. He can't be as intelligent as he thinks because he moved up north. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> who intentionally goes up there?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, his uh, editorial on our last show uh, was excellent. That was well thought out. Got to give the boys some credit sometime when he deserved it. Yeah, uh, he put uh, some effort in that one.
0: Uh, I'll say
2: to to the listeners, uh, he, and, uh, and I I think it shows through when he does those segments, but he works on those segments probably a lot more than what people potentially realize. You know, he'll usually send them to me about a week before sh- the show and ask me what I think of them. And very rarely do I make any changes at all. Uh, you know, I, m- I might tell him not to, to motherfuck somebody, but other than that, uh, <laughs> you know, we pretty much let it go. And, you know, he'll he writes it down he scripts it and then on the show he reads it so it you know he puts a lot into it
1: oh, let me take a step back and let's talk a little bit about this label thing because there's something here i really did not understand and that was one of the reasons it was struck down was the fact that the fda did not consider labels effect on the number of smokers did anybody understand that i mean
2: yeah, I saw it, but I, I'm kind of like you. It it read weird to me. And
1: yeah, me too. Well, apparently,
0: people that are going to smoke are going to smoke anyway, no matter what you put on the box.
1: Well, I, I, I'm I'm really kind of uh, lost on that one. Um, obviously, I think what the court was saying is the same thing that Junior just said a few minutes ago. That you can't do a one shot, one stop shop for everything. You know. But
2: I thought that was a curious point. Yeah, and there's another quote in here that says, because the regulation contains no discussion tying the warnings to reduced smoking, the FDA failed to bridge the gap between effective communication and fewer smokers. So basically, yeah, I mean, in short, it's what Senior just said. They're saying, hey, what you're doing, what you've been doing to the cigarette industry all these years has not curbed the number of smokers that right. are out there. So yeah, that's. I think that's kind of dead on for what they're saying is it's not, the labels just don't make a difference. People are going to do what they want to do. And God knows, yeah. God knows this pandemic has proved that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, even if they did get the labels on there, I, I agree with that. It's not going to be any good. It's not going to stop me from smoking. I'm just going to look yeah. past the label and, you know, grab the one I want.
1: Did you notice, too, that the judge, I can't remember his name, but the judge in 2018 uh, upheld the order, and they came back, I think, this year and struck the law down for just premium cigars, which is kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, and and we, we've talked about this uh, times in the past, even when you... And technically they're cigarillos, but let, let's just say hypothetically you want to throw black and milds and your Swisher sweets and stuff like that in, you can't do that. You can't throw them in with premium cigars because they're two no. totally different no. things. They're two totally different clientels, and right. you know they they love to throw around. Oh, we got to take care of the children. When is the last time you saw a quote unquote child whip out fifteen dollars for one? Premium cigar.
1: Well, okay, you know, and that's very interesting too. Uh, the FDA did do a study and came back with the conclusion that there really aren't too many underage people that are trying to smoke cigars, but yet they still want to handle all this stuff. The ones
2: that the ones that are doing it, they're they're doing the black and miles or they're most of them these days are on the vaping thing, which I, I don't get that. Because, but, you know, free country doing well, what you that's, want to do.
1: That's a completely horse of another color yeah
2: oh yeah i mean and by all means if you enjoy vaping do it don't don't stop on my account uh, by any stretch Uh, right now you know i might you know i might be sitting out in the park one day and your vape might offend me and we might have a fight and go to jail but that's another story for another time i'm just kidding i really don't care (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just I don't know. It's such a ever since the FDA got their their thumbs in the in the pie, it's been such a weird thing.
1: Well, it's well, just it's just big government taking trying to take another bite. It's all about.
0: Well, and that's that's exactly it. It's it's big government. Anytime time that they roll out something, that's why they have so many problems getting bills passed through. Is right. they'll have a a bill with a specific Agenda and a specific point, but then they try to tie so many things onto it that it can never get passed. Yeah, and that's the same a, way with all this tobacco and vaping and premium cigars and everything. They tried to roll it all up into one, and it—you know—finally, a judge had enough sense to say that you know, hey, this, this don't make sense here.
1: Yeah, thank goodness. You know, one thing always mystified me: the only way they've dealt with the cigarette industry. And of course, you know, the cigar industry is a drop in the bucket compared to cigarettes. And, you know, there's a proven history there of link to cancer with cigarettes, yet they still keep being produced uh, and they still run them in the country. And a lot of that, I think, just based on the tax, don't you think? Too much money to fight those guys.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it all, really and truly, it all boils down to money.
1: All right. Yeah. Hang, hang on a second. Money ruins everything, fellas. Very true. Hang on a second.
0: Junior must have had to make a uh, dash to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know how it is. Those young guys, they don't, they don't have the a uh, stamina. Know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know. Well, we stopped it out back late earlier today, so I guess it's uh, too much for oh.
1: it. Oh, good for you guys.
0: Yeah, actually, one place you could go in, sit down and have a meal.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, again, I don't know what things are looking like nationwide, but I, I can tell you around Southern Ohio, uh, what few restaurants we've been in is maybe, since this whole thing started and opened up again, maybe a half dozen different places around here, most of them big box places, so it's corporate mandated I'm sure. But uh, they pretty much are you know sticky to the protocol thing with this.
0: Yeah, that's that's the same with Outback. I mean they had you know, they're probably using a third, maybe a little bit more of the seating. Yeah. And then have closed sections in between and yeah. they're all masked up and people coming in and out are masked, of course, you know, they take their mask off to eat, but in and, and out.
1: And, yeah, uh, you and, uh, see a lot
0: of people trying, but then you see a lot of people that ain't got a brain in their head and walk around, around here without a mask. And,
1: well, yeah, that's going on here too. So, you know, uh, you know, for one thing, uh, we're kind of we're really getting on off topic, but uh, you know, if you look at uh, Japan, who have decades have worn masks because of pollution and other viruses and stuff like that, you know, it's they've been very phenomenal the mask wearing hands over there. Or, as I see here, facial coverings. You know, they're trying to put a PC name on it now. But anyway, right. there have been really low. Kind of tells me something about that facial coverings.
2: All right, I'm back. We covered for uh,
0: huh? Yeah. Right. We talked about you a little bit, but, you know.
1: Yeah, shit happens. <laughs> nothing it wasn't. Nothing wasn't true.
0: That, that's kind of what we were figuring was going on, but you know.
1: Well, I mean, it
2: was it was a, it was a tinkle, but you know, it, it was a bathroom. Break, <laughs> it, <laughs> well, let me, you, let
1: me tell you, that's let me tell that's not going to be get any better either. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God, so much to look forward to.
0: Uh, you were the one so, said that it started falling apart at 30. Well, <laughs> Jerry and I can attest the further along, the more it falls yeah. apart.
1: I'm, I'm 32 times and heading for my third time, so yeah. it doesn't get any better. I, uh, my, one of my friends just turned
2: 29 the day before I turned 34, and I keep telling him, you know, enjoy this last year, because after 30, something's going to happen. don't know what it's going <laughs> to be yet, something's going to turn on you. But uh, back back to the matter at hand, I, I found a, another interesting article about the current hottest brands in America, you know, what, what we as consumers are, are really enjoying. And the, the first thing that popped in my head when I saw this list is, well, two things. One, some really great stuff on this list, but number two, and I'm very, very happy about this one, the one thing that's not on this list, anybody want to take a stab at what's not on the list? I would say probably Gorka. Yes. Yes, Gorka <laughs> did not make the list. Um,
1: <laughs> I am not surprised. No. I tell you one thing, I am surprised. And don't get me wrong, everything at risk, I think, what do you guys think? I think great stars are the one of them. But if you look at the top five, you're talking about all the premium stuff here, man, you know?
2: Yeah, you're looking at it. Um, for those who have not seen the list, uh, number one was the Padron 64 anniversary series. and Yeah, that's that's getting up into uh high double digit territory there and uh, Arturo Fuente number two, but number three is Fuente's specific Opus X and those are those can be very big money. Four is Liga Provada, yeah. also big money. Um, yeah. The Eye of the
1: Shark. The eye of the Shark, the one that was number two, the Fuente. Are you guys familiar with that one? I, I am not. I'm not either. I think that must have been something that's burned in limited quantities. I mean, I've, there's a lot of cigar shops. But I don't think I've ever even seen that one.
2: Yeah, uh, number five was La Flor de Benicana. They're probably the most reasonably priced thing on this list.
1: Yeah, um, right.
2: Because then it goes well. Rocky is kind of all over the board. He's at number six. I mean, he's all over the price points. But yeah, I mean, yeah. seven is Davidoff. That you can't. You can't get much more expensive than Davidoff for most of us everyday people, and then the Leva at seven, uh, my father at nine. Uh, by the way, the my father Flor de las Antillas Maduro, good god, that thing is good. Yeah, um, oh, yes, that is good. Good start,
1: yeah.
2: senior, but uh, kind of on a kick on got, that one.
1: What do you guys think about Rocky Patel at number six? I was kind of surprised that one, there. <sighs>
2: I have, uh, I know Alan was a, a pretty big Rocky fan. I'm kind of a little bit of a love-hate relationship with Rocky. Um, some of the stuff I really like, like the Edge series is fantastic. Oddly enough, one of the cheapest things he does is probably his best.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, At one point, I, I, I had
2: one of his uh, $21 anniversary cigars that honestly didn't impress me that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course again the loose list we're looking at is brands requested most often by consumers. Let's say Rocky has got a big fan base. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean Rocky he almost had to be on this list somewhere for the simple fact that you know he's his line is just massive. I mean yeah. up I I'd actually like to know how many individual lines he actually has.
0: Yeah. I don't think he knows.
2: It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, at some point you lose count. Same thing with, you know, I, I know we love to crap on them, but same thing with Gurkha. I mean, they've got an insane amount of lines. Granted, most of them are terrible, but that's beside the point.
1: I also thought it was kind of interesting that Davidoff and the, the Alibu V actually tied for having the, the, uh, the most requested. I'm uh, not most, but uh, I think they were seven. They were tied at number seven on the list. Guys have opinions of Series V? I've smoked a few.
2: Yeah, I I would honestly say I like it, but I don't know. Like, just looking at the, just abstractly looking at this list, I don't know if I'd put it on the same level as Davidoff. Because while Davidoff is expensive, they have some really, really good stuff.
1: yeah. Yeah, I the the Milanio, I think the original Series B and, and any bike hole is probably better than Melanio as far as I'm concerned, what do you
0: think? I'd okay. agree. With that. Yeah, it's definitely it's not one I reach for when I walk into a you know, a cigar shop and I'm cruising. Yeah. No.
2: And and don't get me wrong, Oliva's got some great stuff. I mean they're the company behind Nub, but oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I if I when I walk in a humidor and I see Oliva on the shelf. I'm not necessarily drawn to that section.
1: Right. I know what you're saying, but I have smoked many of them. And I also have to say, too, going back to what you were talking about earlier, on modest price cigars, the G and the O's are usually pretty reasonable. And they're pretty good.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. When I do online shopping a lot of times, Oliva is one of the brands that you'll see at a, at a good price. And, you know, I, I'm like you, Jerry. I've smoked a lot of them, and in in my case, it's for that reason. It's you know, it's a yeah uh, a good cigar at a bargain price. But I, yeah. I, I'm like you guys. I don't see how it stands up to Davidoff. I mean, now granted, Davidoff is not what I reach for in Humidor either, but that's because of no. pass, But
1: you know, <laughs> no, but again, again, they've got a fan base.
0: Oh yeah, they. They have got almost a cult type following.
1: Yeah, well you guys know you know my, my past and you know I visit a lot of cigar shops and I can't remember which one it was, but it was a Davidoff's Lounge and the guy was at the shop was telling me that every two weeks I clockwork, for had a guy came in and buy eight hundred uh, dollars worth of It's not gonna be two boxes, but still. Wow.
2: Pretty good budget. Good, uh, you know? I was gonna say that's good for the bottom line, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And now that I'm looking at the list again, um, the biggest surprise to me is number 10, Monte Cristo. Yeah. Um, I have not honestly had that many Monte Cristos in my smoking career, but the ones I have had, I, I can't say as I was blown away by them.
1: Have um, you guys ever had the Monte Cristo media noche? Mm. Uh, I have. I have. What'd you think of?
0: Okay. Okay. Not, yeah. Nothing I would, you know, I'd smoke it again, but it's nothing I'd go out of my way to find.
1: Yeah. Well, what I kind of found interesting about it is, is the fact it a Maduro. You don't see a whole lot of Monte Cristo Maduros, you know? Mm,
0: that's true.
2: And I wonder with Monte Cristo specifically, if, you know, Monte Cristo was originally a Cuban brand, still is. Right. I, right. I wonder if that, Cuban namesake has something to do why they're, with why they're on this list.
1: Could be. It could be. And the next list we want to talk about, there's one there I want to talk about in particular. And I kind of wonder if it's maybe because of the name. I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about that in there the too. Can I, can I digress just for a second? When we were talking about the, the pandemic effect on the, the factories, mm-hmm. I, I was looking at some numbers here for the number of cases in Dominican, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Cuba. Uh, the Dominican Republican Honduras, uh, unfortunately, the deaths there had been 1,100 and 1,200. But then you get to Nicaragua, and they've had 116 deaths in Nicaragua and 87 in Cuba. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a little suspect to consider it's probably the Sandinista government and the Cuban uh, communist government making those reports. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, with the, the variance being that great, I would say you're right.
1: Well, I'm a little little suspicious about that, you know.
0: You know, if they came under, you know, uh, if they had 900 or a 1,000 compared to the others at 11 or 1,200, okay, you might buy that. But when it's right. that drastic of a difference, it's like, nah, somebody's yeah. cooking the books there.
1: I, I would imagine the Dominican Republic's probably got the largest population of the four. But even at that, those numbers just seem a little skewed to me. I, I guess I'm just thinking, I don't know. Yeah,
2: they seem low for sure. And you mentioned uh, a moment ago, the the second half of this list. Now, the first one, the first 10 we mentioned were the hottest cigar brands in America. But the second one is the best selling. And uh, the list are similar, but not the same by any means. The number one best seller, uh, Fuente, And I mean, I honestly, I can believe that because number one, he's got a lot of lines, but You know, Fuente is sort of a gateway drug in the scar world. That's one of the first things Senior ever smoked, uh, 858. Right.
1: But, you know, a couple of things that really caught my eye actually, number four, Romeo Huya. Did that surprise you guys? Somewhat, yeah,
2: because to me, they're not number one, I haven't had that many of them, but their store presence to me is also not necessarily that impressive in a lot of places
0: well now i'll argue that point just a hair because being out out on the road a lot of times when you find the little convenience store or something that's got a a small stand-up humidor or a humidor behind the counter there that's got cigars in it there is a strong possibility that there'll be some romeo and Juliet in there
1: probably true and I'm sure there's a lot of name recognition like you were talking about before about making an old Cuban brand name but uh for it to be a number four just kind of surprising to me
2: yeah that that, it it almost with the other names that are on this list and I'll run through them here in just a second but with the other names that are on it it almost seems a slight bit out of place uh yeah not saying they're bad by any stretch it's just I mean, the list goes like this. I'll read them. Number 10, number one. Number 10 is Ashton. Number nine is Macanudo. Eight is Oliva. Seven is My Father. Six is Davidoff. Five is Rocky. Four is Romeo and Juliet, as you mentioned. Three is Perdomo. And tied at one is Padron and Puente. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, when you run down that list of names, the one that probably... Stands out the most is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Well, I have it's to
0: amazing. say,
1: go ahead, go ahead, senior, I'm sorry.
0: One thing you do notice with the names on that list, even with a struggling economy right now, people are still spending money. Oh, yeah. Because the majority of those on the list, with a few exceptions, are, uh, I think the point was brought up, more the ultra premium and uh, the high-end stuff. Yeah. So that, that's a little bit surprising. You would think you would start to see some of the more budget-friendly ones start to pop up. And that may be where the room, Romeo and Julieta is coming in and some of the others.
1: That's that's entirely possible. And also with Guentley and Pardone, you know, they do make some less expensive cigars. And, and maybe, you know, this list is not talking about the 64 so much as just the whole brands in general. Same thing with sure. the Fuente. They've got you know they've got the uh, eight nine eight or whatever eight five eight one of those is very expensive, so I could be pushing their numbers up too I guess.
0: Right. Well, that uh, what is it? The uh, Padrone two thousand or something like that. That's
1: yeah, pretty
0: yeah, budget like friendly as a the r- most really good smoke, especially for you know a five buck price point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that might be a lot of what's driving that with Fuente and Padrone because it's. Well, I know what my budget is when it comes to cigars. You know, guys, know idea really we love cigars. But I'm not buying too many thirty dollars cigars. You
2: know, yeah, very true. I uh, I love my cigars, but the same same
1: token, I'm a cheap bastard too.
0: Yeah, I you. by that honest.
1: Well, another one, another one too, was kind of a surprise. Was Macanudos, and that guy sort of kind of surprised you a bit because that was almost always. For a long time there they had a good run of being probably the most popular cigar in the united states premium stars well and not
2: just that you know they're on this list but they're not on the hottest list you know some of these that are popping up on this list versus the other one are kind of odd yeah but yeah it's, well, it's, it's curious to see how it all plays out
0: yeah macanudo is another one of those uh like if you're a place that doesn't have cigars but they've got a few behind the counter they have yeah. the, uh, the little single cigar in the little Huma-pack field, Huma-pack field, yeah. uh, and Macanudo, Punch. Uh, those are the two you predominantly see. Sometimes you'll see some of the Romeo and Julieta package that way and some of the others. Yeah. yeah.
1: Macanudo has been doing some new things here lately that are pretty good, though.
0: I can't remember the last one I my smoke.
1: Well, I'm trying to remember. They have a bourbon-aged one now It's pretty good. A bourbon-aged macanudo?
0: I would like to try it. I, I'm a fan yeah. of the bourbon-aged, especially uh, the ones in the diesel line. And, you know, the Camachos are excellent, but they're also expensive.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my wife just reminded me here too, that they have a very good coffee-flavored ones right now, if you like flavored cigars, which I'm not really crazy about. But honestly, Macanudo, you were talking about Fuente being your guys' gateway. That was, Macanudo was mine. That was my first step up in premium cigars, and I thought, you know, this, this is great. But then I kind of migrated away from them when I started trying some other stuff. Well, that was, and
2: I kind of gave them crap earlier, but technically Oliva was mine, because my first several cigars were Nubs. Um, yeah. Nub Maduros, to be specific, but.
1: Nubs were very popular around Southern Ohio, around my, my market here.
2: Yeah, when when I first first one I ever had was, uh, you know, you know, most people start low and you know ratchet up intensity, but no, I just they, they took me straight to the top. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, one I would have rated higher, at least for my taste, would have been my father.
2: Yeah, I, to me that's. The Flor de las Antillas and the Maduro version. Those are two just uh, terrific cigars. Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So those, and I I think I'm actually leaning a little more toward the Maduro than the other. I mean, yeah, I love I them both, love but.
2: What was that reasonably priced my father called that you gave me a week or two ago? Uh,
0: it was. I think that's all it said on it was my father. And um, I picked it up over a uh, little shop over toward Chapel Hill, Tennessee. We were camping, and uh, it was just a, a budget cigar from them that I didn't, until then, I had no clue that they made anything a budget cigar. It was, you know,
1: what you guys remember, $4. Dollars. You guys remember the Jaime, which is also made by the Pippins, of course? Uh, I don't, that one doesn't ring a bell for me. Didn't ring a no. bell for you? They they made a pretty good run-up around this this part of the country, and I thought, again, it was a reasonably priced cigar, I don't know, around $6 to $7 for my father, you know. Also, you guys remember the Cuban classics? Right. That, yeah. Was. That was an excellent cigar. Yeah, but again... several of those. Again, for my taste, uh, uh, and again, he's got a big fan base. I understand that. Uh, I think I would have my own, my taste, he'd be further down the list.
2: Yeah, it just goes to show how uh, considerably different our various tastes are, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, I think all oh, you guys kind of run more to the stronger stuff, and I'm kind of going the other way. I'm, I'm, I'm into a you know, medium to even maybe a score in any case. Yeah, well, sure. and I still
0: keep a few of the, the Mahler and Connecticut in my humidor. Yeah. Because now I, I enjoy it. And like we talked about, I think, last show, it's not necessarily the time of day or anything that I want that cigar. It's just, you know, I'll open the cigar, and that's the one that can, or open the humidor, and that's the one that kind of calls to me. And it can be a Connecticut at 8 o'clock in the evening after a big meal and still be an excellent cigar.
1: Well, in my case, and I don't know if it's true for everybody else, but, uh, uh, you know, once I jump past the Macanudos, I really went into the full-body stuff, and I've been smoking for 21 years now, and I, I've i migrated back now where I'm really more concerned about the flavor than I am the spring, you know?
2: True, yeah. and, and I'll admit I've never been one of those that's, you know, obsessed with having that cigar that's going to knock me over the head or, or give me that <laughs> nicotine buzz, because... Quite yeah, the opposite. I'd prefer not to have it. But absolutely yeah, definitely one who yeah. I, I'm I'll just say it straight up the way you did. It it's flavor over intensity every day, all day, every oh, day. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. I I love a full flavored cigar, but I'm like you, I don't want the full strength cigar that's gonna hit me over the head with nicotine.
1: Yeah, but it, it seemed like there is there is a group out there that's still for that strong stuff, you know.
0: Oh yeah. And that's what you
1: like. That's why well, we had different brands, you
2: know. I uh, there, met a guy in Little Rock, Arkansas at a, a shop over there. Um, back when I was back in my traveling days and my younger days. Um, and he he was talking to me and we were talking cigars and he had actually been somebody that had gone to tweet up in Chattanooga. But yeah, he was like, Yeah, I want one that just that just punches me in the face. It's like I want that yeah. that, that buzz, that feeling, and I'm
1: like I don't get it, but you do you by all means. That's one of the beauties of smoking premium cigars. You can find anything from very, very mild to, to knock your head off. But there's something here for everybody, you know? Oh hey, definitely. You know, I oh,
0: there's and, the cigar that still scares me. <laughs> the uh uh Padilla uh or no, it's not Padilla, what is it? Uh well I, said, I had it on my mind here. Oh, Partagas. Partagas Black. Yeah. that has got a real dark black oily wrapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I smoked one of those coming out of the Dallas Pike over in West Virginia area. I actually had the park. Because <laughs> you but, talk but, about getting hit in the face. I thought I'd win a few rounds with Mike Tyson after that one.
1: Yeah, I've had a couple like that before, too. It was yeah, kind of interesting one, not mentioning the guy's name, but there's a, a guy who does a very prominent cigar review and he's very, very good, nice guy. But he was smoking a trims ad and it was what I would consider probably a solid medium. And we got down to the last third, he, he had to turn. He said, I'm turning the camera off, I'm sick. But you, you, know, can, uh, you can mention his name, we, we ain't made enemies yet. Well, it's a cigar obsession, uh, oh, think a guy now, yeah. yeah, but he's, he's he does it's great reviews, guy. he does popular. And that kind of surprised me that, uh, you know, the Trinidad he smoked me, I did not think it was that strong, but now you guys know if you smoke some things on an empty stomach, it's going to make you sick. So I don't yeah, know if that the, was the situation or not, but that was kind of odd that they hit that way.
2: Yeah. The biggest mistake I made was a cane Daytona, which is pretty much all the hero. And yeah. when I smoked it, I didn't know what it was.
1: Yeah. what well, you do now, don't you? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I found out, uh, within about 30 minutes what it was because i was i was sitting on a couch in a cigar shop at the time and i kept sinking lower and lower because i was getting sicker and sicker and didn't know why and <laughs> the um, it was his shop at the time he's like um might want to stop smoking that one he said because you're you're not looking real good so i ended up having to go get some candy and like use the sugar to boost me back up so i could drive home because it uh,
1: yeah it, it smacked the crap out of me yeah i've had a couple hit me upside the head like that too so Uh, Just, just a digression for a second again on that uh, hottest Cigars, the number five one, uh, the LFT. I I never pronounced this right. Illusion Bull. Have you guys had that one? Yes, not that one, one, but I have had it. What What'd you think of it, Junior? I liked
2: it. Um, I've been a little. um, I thought that was decent. You know, a little on the strong side for me. Um, Yeah. There's another one. and I want to say it's called the Airbender by
1: LFD. That's really good. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm reaching back in
1: my memory banks uh, on that one a little bit. So if I screwed that up, forgive me. Uh, my, experience, my experience with lfd has been that they make great cigars, but they don't make anything too mild.
2: No, they, uh, they tend to... Um, that's kind of like um, Oscar and GTO cigars. Uh, yeah. Most of his stuff is... I mean... He called it the painkiller for a reason. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's painkiller because it caused me
0: pain. <laughs> yeah, that was the one he was handing out at Tweetup that time.
2: Yeah, it's uh, most of his stuff trends on that uh, higher end of the nicotine spectrum.
1: Yeah, we're kind of kind of stepping back again too. We were talking last time about the Connecticut's and uh, one thing here, one recently here, I've been smoking and my wife's been smoking both quite a bit. You know. Perdomo uh when you think about Perdomo Connecticut, everybody thinks about the champagne which is a great mild cigar but we've been smoking a lot of Lot twenty three here lately in Connecticut
0: I got on a kick with those here several years ago and yeah they were really good smoke
1: yeah and that's actually one of Perdomo's least expensive cigars too
2: yeah and on one of the future maybe the next show we'll uh I'll have you go into your, you and Darlene got to go down to uh, tour the Prodomo Empire. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you uh, clue, uh, clue everybody in on that? Uh, I think we're yep. provided the, the, pan, uh, the world that we live in ever allows it, uh,
1: we all need to get together and do that. Uh, yeah, that year. was, uh, I'd be happy to talk about that. I'm sure Darlene would be too. That was a great trip. One of the things that really made an impression on me is the fact that Nick Prodomo himself, who's the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation, took three days of his own time to walk 18 people through his, his, whole, his whole system, his whole process down there. So I thought that was pretty unique.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times when you have tours like that, you know, the, the big boss will step out for a few minutes and shake some hands, but to, to be there from beginning to end is very impressive.
1: It was very impressive. And the fact that that man who's the CEO of the company can talk about every minute detail of this process uh, in infinitum. He could just talk forever about it. It, it was amazing. He certainly knows what he's doing. Uh,
2: with his stuff, everything he makes is Nicaraguan Puro, right?
1: Yes, everything's Nicaraguan, right.
2: Yeah. They, uh, he's, he's got some good stuff out there for sure. Yeah, It tends a little more to the bigger ring gauges, which I'm Kind of fifty-fifty on, but yeah, yeah I don't think he on. makes
1: anything smaller than about a fifty-two or four, Sorry fifty-four, and they're all large toros. You know, oh, he does make some little bristles, too. Yeah, they.
2: Um, I know some of the, a lot of the. I don't know about what Ohio is in in this regard, but I know a lot of these national shops tend higher to the uh, to the larger ring gauges. You know, you can find some what I call normal ring gauges. Uh, your robustos your toros right maybe you'll look up once in a while and get a lancero but um, and granted so. it's not the fad that it was a few years ago but the big ring gauge thing is still very
1: much out there well it, it was kind of interesting again with a local market here uh, we went through a phase here where you know, it was all 70 by 70 6 by 60 was considered small And, you know, we were getting the inch in the 7 by 70s and the 8 by 80s and all that kind of stuff. And then when that kind of ran out, it was kind of funny because it went the other way. All of a sudden Lanceros were hot. Yeah.
2: I think the industry, like so many industries, really runs on trends. And that was very much a trend, I believe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we we did a... uh, You can dig back Way back in the archives, we did a um, a show where we all smoked a 7x70 EP Carrillo inch, and I don't think any of us actually made it through the whole thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was brutal.
2: And the inches, yeah. they're good cigars. They taste good, but my God. I mean, 7x70, I'd need three
1: days to smoke the damn thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I- you're
0: making a commitment there.
1: Yeah, I, I smoked this one 7 by 70 It was made by a guy who's a good friend of mine. I won't mention it. But anyway, I smoked it for two and a half hours, and I probably had another hour to go on it, and I threw it away. <laughs> That's too much. You can,
2: you know, me and Senior probably sat around and, and smoked for, I don't know, probably two or three hours today, but I smoked two small cigars, you know, to yeah. bridge out a little bit. I don't think I would want. That exact same flavor
1: for three three and a half hours. No, no, and anytime you change the vitola, you're also going to change the flavor of the cigar somewhat. You know, it's hard to carry that blue mm-hmm. through, through from the Solomon to a uh, Corona. You know,
2: yeah, definitely. That was that was one thing that, you know, with the with the blue cigar, the one that you blended. Um, you know, you guys came out originally torpedo um, and Corona. And then eventually you make a Toro, but
0: yeah, and they're
2: all three good, they're all three close, but that, that original torpedo just you know that was the standard bearer.
1: Well, that was actually it was blended with that Vitola. And you know, mm. uh, the other ones came down the road a little later, mostly because of Toro's. Toro's actually the most popular Vitola in this country, I think. Right now. You used to be the Robusto. What what do you guys what, what what ring gauge do you actually like? What's your favorite?
2: Oh, I'd say probably in that 52 Robusto neighborhood for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, I'll, the only time I'll hit a 60 ring gauge is generally a nub. Um, yeah. I smoked a Gurkha that was a 60 ring gauge last week just because it was here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, generally 52 or below is my preference,
1: 52 being the sweet spot. That's about where I'm at, too. Senior, how about you?
0: I, I'm right in that same ballpark. I really like the uh, five by fifty. I mean, that's yeah to me. That's just a a really good uh, smoke, and it, it fits the time patterns that I have to smoke a lot of times. So yeah,
1: that's something too that I think all of us have to think about. You know, but um, yeah, I'm in a, a Robusto. Uh, actually, I'm I'm kind of in the minority. I I really am a big fan of torpedoes. But that's me, you know, all and torpedoes. But and I, I think I, those I like like feel torpedo. like to the reduce their total sizes.
2: Yeah, I like the the torpedo. Um, I like uh, and really, I I still V cut them. Uh, you know, that Calibri deep cutter will still do a great job on a torpedo. So, oh yeah, I still have those without having to carry an extra cutter.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I know we're kind of jumping around a lot, but that's something that's become really popular. I think with that uh, Calibri V cut that came out, that's an excellent color. Oh yeah,
2: that's oh yeah, I love it. That yeah. is that's and, the one that's always with me. Yeah. You
0: know, don't don't get me wrong. I am a Zycar Mark, but the caliber V cutter is head and shoulders above the Zycar version.
1: Yeah, or anybody else. I think there's two or three other ones. Yeah. On the Mark. Everybody kind of jumped in on it, but. But the Calibri's still the standard, I think, for that right now. I agree with
2: Yeah, and I was kind of the same but, way. You know, I was that car all the way.
1: Getting back to Perdomo Getting back to Berdomo, though, you know he's been very successful with those big Toros. So uh, more power to him.
2: Yeah, I mean whatever <laughs> whatever pays the bills.
1: Yeah. Well he has thirty seven, yeah. so he's he's got he's doing something right.
2: Yeah, definitely. But uh, as we start to wind it down here, we'll just kind of open up the floor. Anything you guys want to throw out
0: there? Uh, other than Ben being a jerk for not being here? She's yeah. a beach and a beer over us? Damn.
1: Yeah, you would think the guy could take a couple minutes to spend a little bit of beach time with us, Coach, would you? Uh, you would thought, you know. <laughs> uh, he deserves oh. it. He needs a break.
2: We all we all sin and ask forgiveness, so we'll we'll, we'll let him have this one.
1: <laughs> well, I'll just let him know next next time on Grand Grandpa My Gears, we want something spectacular, okay?
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, for Jerry and uh, Senior, this is Junior. This has been the Cigar Tipsers Podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time.
1: This is the Cigar Tipsers Podcast.